2: I'm Laura Stanley, host of Inside School Food. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to the first episode of our new fall season. And what better way to start off than a show about food origins? Stay tuned. Well, we talk a lot about food origins on this weekly journey uh, through culinary history. Welcome to A Taste of the Past. I'm your host, Linda Palaccio. And today is no exception, but it's a very kind of special exception in a way because we're going to be talking about a magazine issue. Hmm, strange, you think? There are magazine, food magazines and then there is sever. And Sever has come out with a brand new theme. I guess we'll find out more about whether it's going to be a recurring theme or not. And it's called the origins issue. And yes, of course, there are beautiful pictures of food and there are recipes. And it's, you know, one of those yummy magazines that you get to eat up. But there is so much wonderful information in there about travel, about um, interesting food origins like where did nachos get its name and, <laughs> and who invented the reuben and and what were some of the very first native american foods that and so much more and my special guest today is the editor-in-chief of sever magazine adam Sachs. adam is an award-winning food writer having received numerous james beard awards and has been writing about food a long time. <laughs> okay, um, and including pieces for Condé Nast and Traveler, GQ, Food and Wine, Departure—a a kind of a travel and food writer. A right, travel Adam? and food writer. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was also the editorial director at Tasting Table until he was named editor in chief and kind of overall editorial director of sever Magazine. Welcome, Adam.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
2: Uh, this new issue, I have to say, is is. Very very cool. I I, I I love. Like you know, I ta- I get well whatever's left of this freedom, of the glossies. I <laughs> are mean, there still others yeah, out there? There are maybe yeah. one two, but <laughs> I do get them all and and have gotten them all from the beginning. In fact, some of my collections were sought after by a couple of people. But wow. um, this one is you know it's it's interesting. I love all of them and they are they all serve a, a particular interest <clears throat> and. Uh, you know i, I after I leaf through some of the others for the recipes, and ooh, do they have a recipe for lamb this week and or you know or this month and and you know what are some of the new kitchen gadgets? but when sever arrives, I set aside time because I know I'm going to get a little more absorbed in the articles in that magazine, so it's you said uh, and and I'm going to quote you Uh-oh. too, so you better Uh-oh. you better hold up to this what well, but you you said that it's always been Sever's um, mission to, sort of to bring the reader to the source of unique and delicious food. In fact, you said, for me, it is a dream job because Sever is a magazine about following food to its source. And indeed, this issue does it in spades. Yeah. What? What? What brought you to make this issue? This issue.
1: Well, I mean, it is. It's. It's, it's in keeping with I think the general silver mission, which is what, as you said, following food to its source, and and you know we want to have delicious re- recipes, and you want to look at a picture of something and want to make it right away. But I think what we do that's a little bit different than some of our friends at other magazines is uh, is that we we try to give stories around everything. Every subverse story has to have a sense of place, a sense of, of voice, a context. Um, and And, you know, you described it perfectly that I hope that we made – that we make a magazine that you that you do want to keep around that you know if you maybe you keep it around to make the dish uh, you know a couple times it, it, it enters your repertoire or maybe you just want to read that story when you've got time um, and this was a an issue that we came up with because we started talking about you know wouldn't it be neat to sort of scratch the surface of, of normal things like vanilla and what you know where does vanilla actually come from or things that are, are staple foods that you see every day but you you don't know the backstory and I mean it's one of the things I love about journalism in general and food and travel journalism specifically is that almost anything if once you look into it, you know there's some uh origin myth there's some story about where it came from there's some interesting uh trajectory about how it how it ended up being something that that we all take for granted and and invariably once you go down that you know sort of rabbit hole of of looking into stuff it's there there are interesting stories out there so I think uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a, there are a lot of sources for recipes out there, and obviously we have recipes. But you want to tell a story around food,
2: absolutely. Well. I- you don't have to convince me i mean i <laughs> I get to indulge my myself and my own interests in culinary history yeah. and do this on a weekly basis, right. and my listeners, my regular listeners, know that that's what we do every week is we kind of you know we scratch below the surface yeah. and, and we get into the stories, some of them can be really esoteric too yeah. but you know involving you know like how did you know how did people set the table and you know right. and how to eat um so the, what I think is interesting is a lot of people. Well, an interesting story. I was um, talking to a friend, a friend, you know, an acquaintance, and and something. For some reason, a dish came up. We were eating dinner, and a dish came up. And it was about the potatoes and, and something about the Irish as well. Of course, you know, with you know the potatoes from Ireland, I, you know, potatoes being Irish. And I'm going, what? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. He said, what? Well, You're kidding? I said. No, he said, "Come on," and I said, "Trust me, yeah. they're not from Ireland." Right. And so, for people like that who aren't, maybe they're not into history. They don't really, right. you know, they like to eat, right. but they don't really care so much about, you know, the 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 origins and the and the uh, the, the, the stories, the backstories yeah. of the. This is, I don't want to say a primer, but it's a nice a nice little fun introduction because it's it's a story that you can. You can get into it and right. you can get the source without having to read and do a lot of research and get and go through tomes of right. You, know, you
1: might not histories. pick up a, a you know a full size book about cod, but right. I think if we do our job uh, well, then you, you're going to be pulled into a story because it's got you know narrative and intrigue and 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 it piques your curiosity and and um, it's sort of you know this isn't these aren't scholarly uh, stories. These are these are written by you know, food and travel journalists who, who just dig a little deeper for this issue than, right. than sometimes.
2: Right. And, and uh, that's one thing that I wanted to ask you about, and that was, did you assign these topics in these stories, or did some people, because some of them seem so much Kind of like this person 's bailiwick and some something that they would right. naturally go and do, did they pitch a particular story to you or
1: it's it 's always a you know when we 're trying to sort of put together the the mix for a particular issue it's I think at its best and it usually is this way it 's kind of a medley of you know some stories uh, originate in editors minds, but a lot of stories come from writers as you say, going after. They've got some, they've something they're curious about or they've always wanted to dig into something. I, I, I'm I, a weird uh, editor in a lot of ways, but I'm a weird editor in that I spent most of my career uh, as a writer on the other side of the table uh, or equation. So I, I'm i very sympathetic to uh, the 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 plight and needs and, and enthusiasms, especially, of, of writers. And I always felt that, you know, the writers are out, are the ones out there. You know, we're thinking about, how to put the magazine together and 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 you know what all the how all the elements hang together, but the writers are the ones who are out in the field seeing stuff and talking to people so i I really like it I think some of the best stories come from writers who who say you know I, I saw this and I want to go back and 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 follow it and Think yeah,
2: a and obviously some people have written a lot about this on their articles, and, and you've got some high, I will not say high profile, but some well-known names in the food world writing, yeah. well-known writers, um, Fuchsia Dunlop writing yeah. about soy sauce, yeah. and Lev Lior um, uh, writing about um, spices.
1: You didn't pronounce his last name either. I, did, I was nervous you were going to ask me <laughs> no. to say his name. <laughs> I Lior, know it. Lior, I Lior, know, we'll and it's Lior. Lior, Lior. Lior Lev Leblatt. He's like Madonna. He's right, one word. We'll get it right.
2: um, Writing about spices, and he runs you know, a terrific... Spice yeah. business and and has written is coming out with a book shortly. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Uh,
1: and the, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Fuchsia and Leo are perfect examples of people who, you know, you could call them probably in the middle of the night and say, "Tell me an interesting story about soy sauce." In in you know Fuchsia's uh, case, I think that's one where. We did. We called her and said, "You know, is there a story about soy sauce?" And, yeah. and of course, having done uh, you know so much research and uh, gone so deep with that stuff, she had a great story. So, and Leo obviously the same. He could, his book is lovely and about all all different kinds of spice. So when we asked him about vanilla, of course he had lots of you yeah, know, great yeah. things to tell. And talk vanilla about.
2: is such a beautiful. That's such a great story.
1: That's that's a good one. The photos, yeah, are really, I yeah. really love. Well,
2: and that's just a, as you know, as you said, you were a travel and food writer, and you are no stranger to. Traveling, as yeah. I've read, and and in some of your past um, biographies, and um, and on a show here, you uh, I think last year you talked a lot about your extensive travel. Right. So this for you was, you know, it was a natural. Hey, go and find out about it. Did you send these writers on these faraway places?
1: Yeah, most of them we did. I mean, I think. Nice. Uh, I think some of them had been, um, you know, it was part of a larger research project or tacked onto another story but for most of these yeah i mean that's the i i i loved writing and I, I still occasionally do it but um the great part of being an editor is being able to you know talk with a writer about a story and then say you know okay go get on a plane because that's where good stories come from yeah. not yeah. the plane itself yeah. but uh you know or there are people who are who are based in places where they can they can tell great stories
2: okay. spoiler alert the story about <laughs> potatoes Follow the trail of the Incas yes, high in the Andes to <laughs> and don't go to Ireland. I mean, go to Ireland <laughs> because it's a beautiful place to visit. But uh, no, it will you know, go up to <laughs> go up to the high points of the Andes and yeah, you'll find the origins. That, of was, the
1: uh, <laughs> that was a lovely story from Shane Mitchell, who's a regular contributor. And she has a, a book coming out that's all a sort of collection of these adventures and, 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 and finding food in it and, and people who sort of uh, Preserve traditions in various places. So that worked out lo- uh, well because, you know, potatoes are an interesting thing to know that they come in thousands of varieties and, and they, you know, some of them look like little weeds and some of them are yeah. beautiful purple and Different red colors, and, yeah, right? Really, right. really incredible. The red she talked things. about the
2: red potato, right. Um, there, it was something that I thought was particularly interesting was the article uh, about uh, Sean, by Sean, by Sean Sherman, yeah. about Sean Sherman, about Native American foods. And it wasn't so much about going, what is the source of Native American food? It was about what one wouldn't use. What, so yeah, sort what, of throwing what, out things that have infiltrated. Right. right.
1: Yeah, getting rid of, of sort of all the stuff that encroaches on, on, on how Native people actually ate. I mean, that was one where... Um, you know, you're talking about how to, the process, the origin of the origins issue. Um, you know, we were sitting around, and uh, someone had heard about this food truck that was specializing in Native American food, and that sounded interesting. And the and then we did a little more research, and there's a really interesting chef um, who goes by the the moniker the Sioux Chef um, as, from the as, Sioux as, tribe. Yeah, <laughs> not, not um, right. And um, and then it gets into a really interesting um, topic about about identity, about how. You, how we all define ourselves by uh, the culture of what we eat and 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 where that begins and ends and and, and how you deal with authenticity. So um, and we all realized that we hadn't, you know, we hadn't read a story uh, recently about Native American cuisine. And here we are, you know, talking about getting on planes. I, I've flown to a lot of faraway places to do stories and. I've, you know, if you stopped me on the street and asked me what did the native people of the country I live in eat, I really wouldn't have a very good answer.
2: Yeah. Well, as, uh, he, as he mentioned, you know, you'd throw out the sugar and right. no eggs and chickens because right. they weren't around right. until, you know, the 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 settlers came and brought things with them.
1: That's and just- any one of these stories, I mean, you could do a uh, you could do a book you could do a series of issues of potatoes you know, following it from peru and, and how it ends up being uh you know a key ingredient in in ireland would be fascinating oh or just, how- li-
2: just listen to one of my shows <laughs> okay. we did that one oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> right, okay right the history of the potato and its travels <laughs> well i
1: always yeah you know in in uh sort of old movies when they would show the dotted line on a map of a plane you know sort of going from right. continent to continent and i i, I wanted some of the stories in this issue to feel that way that you, you know, you're following the the humble potato as it sort <laughs> of made its or, or cod as it makes its way from uh, this little archipelago in Norway to uh, Venice, where it's still. Uh, you know, eaten every day.
2: Yeah, And I think, I think those little dotted lines with planes are very helpful to people. I mean, yeah. they really, it gives them a whole perspective of, of, of our, you know, our food world. I yeah. Guess.
1: It's part, I mean, it's part of, it's a, it's a way of telling stories. So you can yeah. all, you know, you can talk about who made, who, who grew or uh, procured a particular ingredient um, or put together a dish. But I think when you pull the camera back a little bit and talk more broadly about um, how foods, you know, make it from one culture to another or how the food how, you know, tomatoes or potatoes make it to the new world and become what we think of as Irish or Italian food is fascinating.
2: Yeah. Now this origins issue, I will tell our listeners, covers periods from four thousand B C <laughs> we're talking there about wine, yeah. of course, right? All the way up to the eighteen sixties and that would be money chow yeah bunny chow being one of that odd dish that a lot of people don't know about a south african dish but very interesting fact that a lot of people um you know it's uh, talking about cultural appropriation yeah. and 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 um i, I guess discrimination because what because of what foods you eat
1: right bunny yeah this, was, yeah, this was a food that was came out of um you know a, a a dark period in the history of South Africa and 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 people found a way to you know, turn uh, a problem into you know, a creative solution. And one of the things that's left over is this interesting dish, which is messy and sloppy and gloppy and really good. And a bunch of stuff shoved in a loaf of bread. Loaf essentially. Of bread. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and, and you can actually take it and eat on the run. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 It's
1: like the walking tacos or the, it's like a state fair food, but it happens to come from uh, Durban, South Africa.
2: Right. And it's in curry, which of course the, you know, the Indian culture, was you know prevalent in English? Yeah. English were really the ones who who dragged curry around the world. But, yeah, um, but, uh, well, yeah, and, this, and <coughs> yeah,
1: that's a story that you're mentioning. It's about the the Indian diaspora population of, in Durban. I guess Durban, if I'm remembering correctly, is the biggest Indian city outside of India. Hmm. And you know, I'm not
2: saying something. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, and it's and it's, but it's developed the food because um, because of apartheid, because of distance, and because I think of just the normal you know uh, wear and tear of of how people end up kind of uh, appropriating their own food or just going their own way with food. It, they they ended up with an Indian cuisine that's very different from you know real quote unquote real Indian food, but it's its own thing. It's its own. Off, you know, authentic thing in that it, it it grew up there, and it and it's what they like to eat.
2: Yeah, well, I, I just got back from Berlin, and um, I was eating yeah. currywurst. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, which that's, I that's that's
1: no a- trace of curry. <laughs> I don't that's think a whole so show. You do, okay. So you should do a whole show, and we should do a whole issue about that kind of thing because it's curry roast is so bland and weird <laughs> and delicious. I
2: kept trying, with this ketchup sauce? Right. What yeah. is this? And right? you're, as you're
1: eating, you're thinking, "This why did Why did I come and have this? And then a week later, when you're back in the States, you'll you'll have a craving for it. Think, I so I go back to it's Berlin one of and...
2: those, yeah. I mean, it's like getting a hot dog from the guy in the cart and slathering yeah. it with you know, mustard or ketchup. Some... Me, I like mustard and ketchup. I know I'm an There's... oddity. but
1: <laughs> We've got some hot dog. Origins <laughs> stories coming soon. Oh, good! Teaser, okay. yeah. All right, great. Have me back I'm on the <laughs> Well, hot dogs.
2: There's there's more. I want to talk to you about this um, this issue and future issues with Sever. When we come back after a short break, so stay tuned.
0: And this one is called "Carried Away by the Hollows." We'll be right back.
1: soaking gas and
2: Hi, we're back, and I'm talking with Adam Sachs, the editor-in-chief of Sever Magazine, and their new issue, which is on the newsstands right now. Well, right now, I, I say right now, it is here, as I'm. we're recording this, it is September 13th. It'll be, Something like Yeah, that. it'll be streaming on the 15th. If you listen in December, you'll just have to get a subscription and go online. Yeah. That's interesting, because these magazines, you know, I used to get really upset. I used to rip things out. of you. I didn't like to rip pages out. I like to keep the magazines intact, So I would put stickies in all my magazines. Yeah, but then now I don't worry if the magazine gets thrown out by accident or intentionally (laughs) because the online presence is so wonderful. You know, uh, you you got things. Except there's something about the glossies that not all the pictures, not all the content is exactly the same.
1: Or even if it's there, you experience it differently. Yes. You interact with it differently. There's something, I mean... I think if you're if you like magazines or you work in magazines, you like that tactile quality. And I think everyone, most people these days, use both. They're not just a you know a web reader or a print reader. They, if I make a recipe out of the magazine, I probably go on my phone because I'm in the supermarket looking <laughs> right, for it. Right, exactly. A, you know, I'm at the market, but if I want to sit, you know, uh, comfortably and 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 dig into a story, I, I like having the the, the physical print object yeah. in my hands
2: hey and you don't know if you're going to get you know internet access that's when right. you're uh, traveling so i'll take a picture of the recipe <laughs> and then go to the store yes i do that a lot a i lot mean, of
1: that's, that's, of, you know, that's
2: well, the new technology what yeah. did we do before that yeah we have
1: to write it ourselves longhand
2: <laughs> yeah well in this issue i mean you you really do as i say you 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 do capture people's attention because the cover of the magazine looks like the usual covers of the magazines. a beautiful dish. Uh, this one happens to be a chicken or baked roasted chicken in a cream sauce with mushrooms. Oh, it looks wonderful.
1: Pretty tasty, I have to
2: yeah, say. Yeah, and that's the biggest print, you know, pan-roasted chicken. But <laughs> right under the title, it you know, if anyone's looking, it says where wine was born, how soy sauce conquered the world, who invented the Reuben, you know, and other mysterious tales. I mean, you really... I, I would take that even if it, there weren't a picture. well, obviously <laughs> I would, but
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the people in our picture. circulation department would probably disagree or have my head if I just did an all te- stark all text cover. yeah, but I'm I sure. wanted you know, yeah, you want you want to get people in the supermarket as they're walking by and maybe they just want a recipe. but then for your loyal readers, you want to let them know that, hey, this is a special issue and we're we're doing something you know not out of character, but we're 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 you know going deep about um, these collections of sort yeah.
2: of. I mean, Stories. just a little not certainly not out of character, because, as I said that 's something about Sever always told a story i mean if they if it's about an Italian pie, then right. you see a family yeah. enjoying the pie and making the pie peeling the you know the the fruit you always really did go to the you know get get more of source material and, yeah, and I like that this certainly. of course is answering a lot of questions that have been um. You know, in the back of people's minds, and, and wondering about those things. Where did it come from? What, you know, it seems like you can't. I mean, I I, I love listening in on other people's conversations <laughs> as I'm walking down the street, and I, it gets kind of boring because I would say ninety percent of the time they're talking about food.
1: Yeah, we that's are. Good.
2: Are we? Are we? I mean, are we food? Yes. Are we
1: at peak, peak food nerdiness? I don't know.
2: I don't know either. And why suddenly is this happening? And there have been. Food magazines and glossies for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And um, when you think about
1: social media, w- one example, I mean, what, you know, everyone has the capacity or the, the, you know, the the technology now to share every little bit of your life. What are, what are you really going to share? Are you really reading that many interesting books? Are you, you going to, you can't take a snapshot of your thoughts. You know, you're probably treading the same routine you know go the same route to working back every day but food is something that we all eat and 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 it it lends itself to being i think fetishized and focused on uh with our little phones yes, so right. <laughs> I, it makes sense that that's the thing that you're gonna you're gonna show off and and uh, i mean it's obviously can be absurd and on the other hand i certainly check you know instagram all the time and get turned on and excited by some somewhere, somewhere, tr- someone who's traveling somewhere I'd like to be eating, you know, a dish I'd, I'd be curious about. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. It does seem like we're more uh, a food-obsessed yeah. uh, people than we were, certainly when I got into the business.
2: Yeah. Well, and speaking of pictures, I mean, how many times have you seen been at a restaurant and seen somebody slap someone's hand who's about to eat like, and yeah. say, no, no, I've got to take a picture <laughs> yeah. first? You know?
1: I love the stories about people who sit near the natural light, even if it's not the table they want to be in so that they can have the best Instagrammable light. <laughs> and I'm sympathetic to it. I just yeah. can't quite bring myself to do that.
2: Um, but but the photographs are important. In fact, that is that is one thing I think that Sephora was maybe a first at and, and still does a good job. And because, you know, how people don't read anymore. They don't, yeah. you know, they don't read yeah. more than a paragraph. It's hard. Or two. Reading's uh, hard. Time. It takes time. But <laughs> Sephora does a wonderful job giving pictorial essays. I mean, yeah. they really are are beautiful pictures that tell a story.
1: I think especially in the early days of the magazine, you know, it was before it was such a, uh, an, such a uh, an important thing that you got this thing in your physical mailbox and they had sent someone to... You know to to eat in sicily and they had documented it with these beautiful photos and you saw inside people's kitchens and you saw dishes that you know you, you could really see why you'd want to be curious about that dish and make it um and there are just there wasn't a lot of competition for that at the time and they really um in those you know first decade or so really sort of patented a certain sort of approach to food photography that became kind of dominant and and you know and now it's sort of how do you, how do you stand out in a world where everyone is snapping pictures of their of their food every yeah. day?
2: Well, it's obviously a very expensive magazine to produce. Am I allowed to ask what's the <laughs> average cost of producing each issue? Oh, gosh,
1: I don't know. It is expensive. <laughs> that's I mean, the other it, <laughs> side of the side. Yeah. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I I have to know these things uh, uh, more than I did when I was a writer. But yeah, it's expensive. You, you try to find. You know you find ways to keep your costs down and you and you know we we try to shoot um food you know on location when we can and in real places that we were not trying to recreate it in the studio uh, back in new york but um yeah it's expensive
2: yeah i would imagine <laughs> i mean
1: that's what but that's what you you know the value of this tactile print thing and getting to sort of flip through the pages and spend a little time with it um it you know it should be it should have some production value otherwise you know you're not going to look at sort of a printout of your friend's instagram
2: yeah and holding it in your hands as you say it's you know it's how much time can you spend in front of that computer screen it's yeah. so nice to be able to flip pages back and forth and for me um magazines and i often say it's no one living in my apartment just magazines and books <laughs> but yeah I um, in research books particularly you cannot you really cannot do online easily because you need to put your finger in one spot and then yeah. go to the next page and look up that index and yeah. look at the you know the, or just flip the around and, i mean yeah. I,
1: I remember I, I always whenever i do that i think back to being a kid in school and sort of picking up you know one volume of encyclopedia britannica or something you're going to find things you didn't know i mean the internet is amazing for searching things so i want to make you know a chicken dish or a whatever it is i can find it instantaneously but i can't sort of just meander i think magazines are great for meandering. i invariably read i'll I'll read you know a sentence in the middle of a story get into it read a few more and then go back to the beginning and read it and you would never do that online
2: yeah well do you think this food obsession that that um and it's not just americans but having just come back from from europe and scandinavia i mean that's they're you know crazy you know obsessed as well um that okay, so we see the food. We've seen the photographs, and we okay, we've done that enough now. <laughs> so, do you think people are hungrier now for? Well, you got to hope so because you wrote the magazine. Uh, hungrier <laughs> for deeper stories, for finding the source, for knowing a little bit more yeah. about where our food comes from. I think
1: I think they want to know where our food comes from. In in in. Different ways. They want to know actually, you know, what, who grew it and and what's in it. And is it, you know, is it good for me? And is it, does it have a, an interesting story? And then I think they want to know broader context. They want to, they want to, you know, if you, if you travel to eat, there's only so much eating you can do during the few days you're traveling generally. And then, but you can bring back, you know, you can then make a dish and tell your friends a story about it or bring back a souvenir and, and it has, um, it's more valuable than just a thing because it it it's imbued with this with this memory and i think with food yeah i think there is a real desire to sort of know a little bit more to connect it i think if you look at the success of a show like chef's table mm-hmm. on netflix um you know we've we've had food porn tv for a long time but i think what that does is it gets inside the mind of these just not to steal a title from another show, but it gets inside the mind of these <laughs> chefs and tells a little story about their life and how they got there, and 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 the food is you know shot beautifully, and it's the production values are high. That I think it it just brings in even a, a new a new audience who maybe didn't know you know don't follow the yeah. fifty best list. Yeah. And David
2: don't David Galbiso is an artist. Yeah, he's
1: yes, he's I'm a saying. lovely guy. I actually, saw him today. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's super smart about how they do it. You know, it's a, it's uh, it's. It's a formula, and it works. You know, I've, it makes you want to watch, you know, another one. Even if you've been to the restaurant or you know the chef, or you know, or you feel like maybe you're slightly tired of talking about food because you work in food media and people are talking to you about it all day. There's something about watching those shows that is just very engaging.
2: Yeah, it is, and and I think somebody did a survey and found, by and large, people who watch all the food shows do not cook right right
1: <laughs> they just right they're, they're eating just they're it. eating chinese takeout <laughs> right. on the couch while they, while yeah the well tofu. why not yeah. yeah
2: but you know it's but food is as you say we all we all have to eat we all eat it so yeah we might as well indulge ourselves in and it's the, the only
1: you know it's the only you know i don't i think it can be very boring to talk about sort of food as art but there is it's the only thing that people do in a creative sense that you also you know put in your into your body it's very yeah. intimate it's very Important. You know, it's like it affects how you feel. Um, and if you're eating food that's, you know, made well or has a great story, then it makes you feel good about stuff. It it just it, it adds to the experience, I think. Yeah. It's not just, you know, nutrients going in and energy.
2: It touches a lot of senses. Yeah.
1: And things we'd like to know, you know, we like to know about <laughs> history and, 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 and culture and who, who makes this stuff. So yeah, I think there's there are always more ways to tell stories about food
2: okay another spoiler alert there are so many know. good stories in this magazine we're not going to give it all away because we want you to go to, no, the, we're just to gonna, the newsstand we're and not going to
1: read the whole yeah please yeah, buy it yeah.
2: yeah um but we buy
1: have, a couple of copies
2: yeah. <laughs> you might
1: lose one or you might want to lend it there to a go. friend
2: and you know if you're afraid you're going to miss the next one just you get a subscription yeah, you know. have
1: <laughs> yeah, put one in your uh, okay I'll <laughs> <here we> go. <laughs> um
2: but we do have to give a few teases yeah, all right geez. and that is how did nachos get its name
1: i love this story yeah, yeah. um so and i'm gonna forget the details but i, I
2: do too but, <laughs> but i could turn but, to the page but I have it here.
1: was uh it was a guy nacho ignacio, ignacio and right. some um i think some army wives came into came into his club it was somewhere uh where there was a, a, um, an American army base and, he, and they wanted food and drink and he was out of food. So he just threw together this, you know, sort of uh, improvised plate of stuff and called it, uh, his nickname was Nachos. He called it you know, Nachos Especial or something. And, <laughs> and this improvised plate of stuff became this iconic thing that you eat while you're watching, you know, football games or, mm-hmm. or, or I don't know, it's, yeah, it's I, I love that it, was just a you know kind of more or less an accidental food.
2: Yeah, well, I have to say that I was reading a lot of the articles with a little bit of a skeptical eye, knowing
1: <laughs> knowing a <laughs> lot of
2: the folklore that surrounds yeah. the history of of food and you know the history of the fork and the history yeah. of, you know of uh, potatoes and and you know different stories about the wine ruben. origins yeah. and you know, things like that. I, I mean, there are still arguments happening in the of food course, world over yeah. you know Caesar salads and things like that. Oh, but yeah, uh, but. Even so, even though even those folkloric <laughs> tales and, and or myths are fun to know about, yeah, they're fun to read. They're
1: versions yeah, of the history, the right?
2: and then you go into just you know the straight on, you know historical background of, yeah. of things, which I think is great. So, is this something we're going to see annually now with Super Magazine, or well,
1: if each and every one of your listeners goes out and buys <laughs> five to ten copies? No, if it you know if I, it does well, right, I, I, I think it. it's. Um, I think it's something it's certainly a, a rich enough and 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 uh sort of uh broad enough topic that we could do you know these twice a year i i don't know if we'll end up calling it the same thing because then it might feel like oh i've seen that before mm-hmm. but um but i like this idea i think we all on staff and, and the writers uh who were uh, pulled into it uh, to the project got excited about it because it's it, it's like we were saying it's not a huge departure from what we do but it's It's framing the story around, around these, these investigations and. And, you know, there was a lot of sort of finding out interesting, digging up interesting facts and then sharing them all around yeah. the office.
2: So you listen to my show. You can hear all the great facts, but you don't get to see all the beautiful pictures. Right. And this magazine gives you pictures <laughs> and travel pictures and food pictures. And <laughs> yeah. Well, one day we'll, go, we'll get all that. Um, but I, I love the medium of, of radio, too, just because yeah. it lets people form pictures in their mind. That's right. Well, while, they're Severs, yeah, exactly. <laughs> while they're looking at Savur. Yeah, exactly. While they're looking at yeah. the magazine. Well, Adam, thank you so much thank for joining you. me today. And, and yes, indeed, I encourage my listeners to go and look this up. Because if you, well, of course, they people who listen to my show love the origins of food anyway. Yeah, so so that's, a, that's a given. Give it to your friend who doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> and then <laughs> there'll be severe subscribers and subscribers to A Taste of the Past, so Heritage Radio Network. And thank you for joining me. Thanks for, for doing me. such a great job with Thanks. the magazine. I love it. Thanks so and much. thank you out there for listening. This has been A Taste of the Past, and I'm your host, Linda Palaccio.